What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Expected Bets for your weekly NHL podcast presented by the Odds Breakers. This week, we have the usual crew for the playoffs. We have Top Cheddar, as always, Maddie. We have Franco the Banker, Chuck, and we have Betsky over here. So this is going to be a little two-for-one special here. We're watching the lottery picks as they come out here. Uh, obviously, none of our teams made it, as you guys saw last podcast. So should be a good one. Maddie, we open for the first one. I mean, or... for us losers, this is our Stanley Cup, man. <laughs> yeah, this is mm-hmm. true. This is big right here. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But as a Devils fan, I'm not too excited to be in this spot once again. <laughs> but excited to be here, excited to kind of do a, for the most part, it's a halfway recap of almost every series, as they seem to all be close, uh, unless your name's the National Predators. So for the most part, it's halfway for everyone else. Um, so good to kind of talk through the series and see where we lie. Yeah, Franco, how are we doing? How's the uh, playoffs been so far? So far, so good. Um, I think I've had one losing day so far, so that's a good thing, maybe two. But otherwise, big days. So I'm hoping to stay hot, keep it going, just staying consistent. Yeah, and then we have Betsky over here, commissioner of the Camper Cup. Um, all four of us made it through to the second round. So that's a good look for the podcast here. It would have been very awkward uh, <laughs> if one of us didn't get through. But luckily, that's not the case here. So Betsky, how are we doing? Yeah, we're doing pretty well over here. If you guys aren't following it on Twitter, just search the hashtag capper cup um and you can kind of see what we're doing here we're kind of gamifying online sports betting by having cappers go head to head best of our first capper to get four hits in um in their series moves on to the next round of the bracket it's just kind of been fun to pit each other against each other and also make a little money on the side yeah i got questions i got two questions one can we boo you as the commissioner at the end, when we sure. Yeah. Next year, Who? next year when I come out to announce the, the winner this year, and then next year when I come out exactly. to announce the Capri Cup, I, I expect booze. Two, when will the audience be able to bet on the betters? Oh, we're going to have to open our own Capper sports book where you can bet on the cappers, huh? <laughs> also, they're starting the drawing of the lottery right now. Uh, yeah. Vegas gets, stays in spot 16. For anyone that didn't go, I don't know if we mentioned that the NHL draft water is going right as we're doing this, so we'll be uh, live reacting to this. Well, that's a Sabres pick now. 16, yeah. if it was top 10, it was protected and moved to next year. So Sabres get 16 then. Ah, nice. Uh, yep. I so, mean, overall, as we're kind of, I think they're starting to do some of the draws, but um, I'll start off, but just question for the rooms, like what do you want your team to do? Uh, you know, with the picks, I understand that that might change based on, you know, where you end up um, and how the lottery goes. Uh, but that'll just kind of be the question for the room. And to give people time to think, we'll go over with the Devils. Um, I personally think if it's not a top three pick, the really only the three, maybe four guys that interest me are right. Slavkovsky, Nemec, and then potentially Yurichek or Jirichek. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um so for me, that's kind of where I sit. If it's not one of those guys, I'm not overly too interested. Uh, and I'm definitely a big advocate of the Devils uh, trading the pick. There have been a lot of rumors with Kevin Fiala this week. Uh, I would love to do that. However, again, I don't think I'd give up one of the top three picks for him. Uh, but he's kind of like that dream scenario. I know Betsky, like 
Chikrin's another guy who like I'd be pretty interested in on the right move. We can use another defender help. Um, but I, I'm leaning towards if we don't move up in that top two, top three, uh, moving that pick. I'm curious what you guys think, for, you know, for your teams. Well, Coyotes are in the midst of complete teardown. So I'm really hoping for best player available. Whatever our, our scouting uh, group wants, I think that's the pick, even if it's not a center, because Lord knows we need center help. If we end up trading Chikrin and now we need to rebuild the blue line, I still want it to be whoever they have the most confidence in. I, we have a really great scouting department right now, so I kind of have my full faith in them. What are your thoughts out of curiosity about moving Chikrin? Seems like a young defenseman that you guys can build around, but... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of disappointing to hear all these rumors, but it almost seems like it's bound to happen. There's way too much smoke. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm not gonna lie, my heart's pounding watching the lotto. This is giving me flashbacks I was, to I don't know 2015. You are. You're at as of right now, the top or the bottom like half is all stayed yeah. the same, and Detroit's yeah. also locked in in the the exact same slot. You're a little bit ahead of me. Okay. I don't know if you want me to spoil it or not. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. <laughs> I guess I'll wait and Chuck. What do you uh, hope for Philly here? Well, see, the problem with Philly is their scouting is horrendous. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if it's not the one or two or three, I I just don't, I don't know. I They always out like try to outsmart the draft and – they take a guy that's outside of the top 10 in a scenario like that. If they're, t- if they're like the fourth pick, they get, they, they have a guy that's off the board and it's just, it, and it's always the case. And, you know, you wait those three or four years and everybody's wondering, Hey, whatever happened to that guy? Where's that guy? How's he doing? And there's just radio silence on these guys. So, you know, they have had hits over the years to, to, to uh, some degree at least. Oh, I'm just going to say the Devils are top two. The Devils are guaranteed top two because they're not fifth, and you can only get one or two. No. (laughs) We won the lottery again, boys. Okay, Flyers got fifth. Oh, I thought for sure Chicago was. So you guys are going to make a bad pick. Great. Yeah, I thought I thought Chicago was destined to to draft Hayes number two and Shane Wright, but. Goodness, they changed the trap lottery around to where now it's you can only go up to one or two. Yeah, so that's fine by me. I've, yep. Okay, so here it is. So this is either this is either coyotes. Don't say anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're gonna go to three. Oh. Okay. Good call. So Seattle's fourth, huh? That's. That's painful. Yeah, that's I think there's a clear drop off between uh, three and further. But it, I, at what point do the Devils have some sort of voodoo here? Like, how many lotteries can we win? Atlantic yeah. City is damn close to them. So, I mean, Gary Bettman lives in Jersey, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's a closet Devils fan, or what? <sighs> No, there was a point that everyone hated him because he wanted to, I think it was like move the team to Nashville or something like that. Because like they weren't like, I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Don't get me. There was like a point where he wanted to. 1995, 
he wanted to move the team to Nashville, and then that same year they won the cup, and that kind of all got squashed. Oof. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, we got on. a bit of a break. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, change of stuff for me, right? Like, if the Devils guaranteed now getting one of Shane Wright's Slavkovsky or Nemec, I'd probably hold this pick unless you can get like a bona fide game changer. And I'm not like Kevin Fiala is a very good player, but before this year on a really good wild team, he's never been over a point per game. Uh, if we're gonna move the pick, it has to be for like an elite, elite player. I'm interested to see what Tom Fitzgerald's gonna do because he mentioned a couple times now being interested in potentially moving this pick. Um, I, I just don't know what's available out there. Right? Yeah, it's, like, it's not not going to lie, it's kind of crappy for you guys because at some point you're losing a little bit of value because of having so many top picks. Like, I, I just don't know how much more they can squeeze out of a trade, whether that pick was number five or number two, you know? Not like that's going to diminish the, the, like a one-for-one asset, but, mm-hmm. you know if they're already floating it out there that they're ready to move this and now you moved up in the draft, does it change what, what type of value they're going to look for getting back when everybody already knows they want to move it or is our other GMs going to be able to say, well, you know, this was we're pretty firm on this prize. So it didn't change from top five to top two for us. I think there's a clear jump in talent going in the top three. I think those three, like aforementioned, are much better than like a fifth pick. I think there's a lot more value on it. But at the same point, that might be why the Devils don't want to move it. Like they might just be like, "Hey, let's True. take a big, like a big power forward, like Slifkovsky." Um, could be exactly what we need. Like we need a little bit more grit there if we want to go defenseman. Uh, that's there as well. And I'm not going to say anything. Never mind. They just took the third one. The right. number three. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, oh, no matter boy. what. Like, but see, out of here, like, what if the, let's say. No. The want their, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what if you guys want your number one center of the future and the Devils just choose to trade down? Like, hey, we'll trade you one for three, hypothetically, if we get one. Yeah. No. I, I mean, uh, you know, it'd be, you'd probably have a, whatever roster player you want and whether that's like Kraus for Kraus and I would love something like that. I would be kind of interesting. Love love Lawson Kraus. And for the record, Montreal won. Yeah. So never mind. (laughs) That was close though. You almost got there, man. (sighs) You know, a rise from five. Yeah. That's a great ride. Like I said, I, I wanted top three or definitely trade the pick. So the, the, the third pick is as high as AZ has ever drafted, and they have done terribly there. Dylan Strome and Kyle Turris. So this doesn't bode well for us historically, but maybe we can shake some voodoo off by uh, getting a difference maker here. I have to say, I think it's really cool. Slightly, I know some people are going to have a conspiracy that the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal won the first overall pick. Well, and see, that's what I was really hoping AZ would get it because could you imagine getting the pick number one from 
from the most hated franchise in the league in the most storied classic franchise and hockey locations would have been hilarious. It would have definitely been a troll job, but yeah, Yeah. it'll be kind of neat for them. I'll give them that. See who play. Look, all I'm going to say, the Devils are literally elite at this time of the season. Literally elite. (laughs) Another big win for the the Devils tonight. Yeah. (laughs) We just, you can't beat us on draft lottery day. Can't not. All right. Well, I guess we can get into Vesna Trophy candidates were announced today. Um, you had Saros, Markstrom, and Igor. And I guess this can kind of lead us into our first series of what the fuck is going on <laughs> with not only the Rangers. I mean, Igor has been bad, but the Rangers have specifically been horrendous in front of him. Um I was looking at the expected goals for last night, and I believe every Pittsburgh Penguin had a better expected goals for than every single New York Ranger, which is one of the highest discrepancies of all time. Um, I believe, Matt, did you have the Penguins here in this series? Who are the Penguins here? No, I had the Rangers. I think you but do. I, talk- I have I'm the trying Patrick. to pull it up. I think you do, Patrick. No, we all the Rangers. <clears throat> wow. Every one of us had the Rangers here, so. I mean – Imagine all of us picking the Rangers because we didn't trust Casey DeSmith. And then in reality, it's not even Casey DeSmith. It's, <laughs> it's Louis fucking DeMay, one of the worst goalies I've ever seen live <laughs> in my life. <laughs> uh, I mean, the guy like, can't stop anything glove side. Everybody knows, and yet here we are. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't come as a surprise, right? Like, I think the whole thing of this series was like, you knew that the Rangers are going to get dominated five on five. They got dominated five on five all year. Like Pittsburgh was one of the best teams in the NHL five on five. Like you knew this was going to happen, but you didn't expect one, the Rangers to be unable to score. And two for the Rangers goaltending to just after game two, just flop. Like Igor Shostakovich was awful in game three and four. Yep. Wow. Yeah, we had three of us had Rangers in five. Chad, you're the only one that had Rangers in seven. <laughs> So you're, you're still a chance. You still have a chance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but the thing is, I don't want them to do it because then my Twitter feed is going to be filled with Rangers fan. Like as the, the Devils fan, like I don't want that to happen at this point. Uh, yeah. I guess, Franco, do you see New York having any what of a shot here? I don't think so. Like yeah. uh, like Ches said, I mean, it's it's the the five on five is killing them. You know, I thought that that power play discrepancy would really help them. And they just haven't been getting power plays and their defense has just looked terrible. Adam Fox is, I don't know what the heck he's been doing, but defensively he's looked really poor and I don't really know why he's never really shown flaws like that in the past. So I, I don't know. They're, they don't look good in front of him and, and Shesterkin hasn't helped them on the, on the back end, but I think he just burned out from, getting a thousand shots against them every game, it seems like. So. Yeah. I was, just, I was going to say two trends that I saw on Twitter, actually two things or three things. One, the last game, game four, was the highest discrepancy for expected goals for between teams in NHL playoff history. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins dominated that game more than any game ever before in playoff history. Two, uh, I agree with you so much, um, Franco, like, I'm, I'm trying to even think of a word like Igor Shosturkin has been relied on all season long 
And eventually he was just like, he just can't do it anymore. And it just looks like a guy that now has like lost confidence and he's getting up some bad goals. Three and the last point, really, the Rangers keep trying to match up the scoring line of Zabinijad, Kreider. Um, and I don't even know who the last one, I think it might be Vitrano against the Crosby line. And that Crosby line is just absolutely dominating them, which in, in turn one is creating a ton of chances for the Penguins. But even more importantly, the Rangers' top scoring line is just completely like faced out of the game because they're playing defense and playing catch up the entire time. Yeah, second line's been carrying them. But another thing that I'm just kind of surprised I haven't seen much more of is, is New York Rangers kind of trying to throw around some of that toughness that they really went out to get this year. I mean, Reeves hasn't been much of a difference maker. Kreider, who is usually kind of a playoff warrior, just hasn't been quite that. He doesn't have that snarl or that piss and vinegar, really. And it just seems like this entire series has gotten away from them. It's going, this next game is going to be really interesting. They may be able to reset the tone here, but we will see. I, look, I, Tru- I'm a big Trub has of- been, hasn't really kind of thrown the hits we're expecting him to either. I, I'm a big fan of teams at home, but this Rangers team is just, when you get beat up, like you just did, like I could just see this being like, a, they go down early, the crowd turns on them and it's just yep. like a bloodbath. Yep. put a fork in them it they look bad and like i said i it somewhat makes me happy to say it because i hate them but like i could have never predicted this or bet on it or anything like that like it is it's very very surprising to me what happened in the series and it, i don't even know it, what the to, odds are to me it's very Florida. similar of the Tampa Toronto series as they're running in into the playoffs Rangers were looking really good down the down the line same as Tampa and and I think that gave everybody a little bit of a false sense of confidence that they're they finally got that top six clicking the five on five scoring seemingly was better but I think Chad's you pulled up some stats that show that actually wasn't um and it just seemed like they're about to kind of turn into a team that could at least get out around one, maybe make it to the conference finals. And then, no, they're getting look, just beat by Louis Domingue. You look at, these, look at their lines, and they, they don't have that shutdown line. They don't have that, that Jordan Stahl, you know, that, that guy mm-hmm. that, that's going to lead a line to shut down Crosby when, when that line's taking over. They, they, don't have, they literally don't have a – who are they going to put In out there? In their defense, I think the Rangers tried to create that line this offseason. When they traded for Sammy Blaze, yeah. they traded for Tyler Mon in the off or in the deadline. They picked up Sammy Goudreau, or Sammy Goudreau, Barkley Goudreau. Like these guys like could have been a perfect third line that's like big, tough, physical, good defensively, and they're all just hurt. So I think that is definitely part of it for them, and that could have been a shutdown line. So a little bit unlucky in that sense. There's there's another aspect of Gallant not trusting the Capocaco. And then Lafreniere, I mean, you would think he would try to inject them around the lineup a little bit better, but he's kind of stacked them. And yeah, they got the first goal. Yeah, Kako has gotten a goal and had a big goal. What was that, game three or game four? But I th- I think that's one of those lines that he, he can't trust them. He can't, he has to worry about it getting mismatched. And it's, it's just caused headaches. It's, it's weird to me because Capo Caco or Capo Capo Caco is actually like five on five. He's one of the has like the best numbers on that team. Like he's actually relatively like pretty good five on five. But I'm pretty sure the other two youngsters, Hedl and Lafreniere, 
lack a little bit defensively for them to trust there. I'm surprised mm. that they haven't tried to shuffle these lines around a little bit. Like Same Andrew here. Pop, who they traded for at the deadline, like he looks awful. He, I know there's like rumors of him being hurt, but like he does not look right. Like look right. That entire first line just getting dominated. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, they need to try something. Exactly. We'll see I mean, if they do. Yeah. <laughs> look at the expected goals percentage right now on Money Puck. The Penguins' top three lines are all inside the top twelve. It's and then that Gensel Crosby Russ line has eighty four point one percent expected goals percentage, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I'm I mean, give up you, on the Rangers here. If you look at the expected goal differential, the Penguins are at first. It's seven and a half. The next closest team is Colorado at three. Like. And Colorado just swept a pretty bad Predators team. Like, the Penguins are putting on a clinic right now. Any update on Jerry? I thought we were going to get him uh, back soon. I don't know if anyone has that off the top we of their head. We started practicing. Yeah. I know that. He practiced again today. He did some on-ice work. I think, I mean, more importantly, Ricard Raquel came back to practice today as well, if you want to make it any worse for the Rangers. Yeah. You know, the overs in the series have been nice, though. <laughs> yes. Every single game, they haven't gone under. Yeah. Yeah. And you just feel confident when you see Domingue with his little, his little uh, <laughs> stare down the ice, putting his helmet on. You're like, oh, yeah, you're going to let in two goals. <laughs> what do you guys think about Gallant keep going back, or keeps going back to Igor? Do you ride the horse that kind of got you there? Because both games when Georgiev's come in, like in relief, it's been solid. Like he's given his team at least a chance. Even so, towards the end of the year, he wasn't bad. Like if you yeah. really look at his stats towards the end of the year, he was much better. Um, I know he got that impression after the horrendous first half of the year he had, but coming into the playoffs, he wasn't kind of the um, – Oh, he was pretty good recently. Yeah, exactly. But he's not getting that chance. And no. Golan already yesterday after the game um, so said he's going right back to Igor. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- this should have been last game, if anything. Yeah, and I guess you kind of have to at this point. Um, he's the reason your team's there. Yeah, There's no two ways about it. Shesterkin was the reason he's there. And, I mean, maybe he catches fire. Who knows? He's shown he's gone on some crazy stretches um, during the regular season, and maybe he kind of catches fire late. But, yeah, I guess – if you had to kind of reevaluate your pick um, in the series, you want to give a new one. What's it going to be? Pit and six. You think Rangers steal one at home here? Or? Uh, I'm saying pit and five. Pit and five. Set up tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Unless they do some really significant line changes, I, I don't see it really coming. They, they don't have somebody waiting in the wings or somebody that's, been scratched that they can pull in that's going to give them that spark i don't see it so probably pit in five i agree yeah yeah okay. all right i guess we can move on to um the next series tampa bay toronto um that kicks off tonight uh tuesday night i believe which we're recording but game one i i i game one was a i was sitting at a bar watching it and I, my jaw hit the floor um, Toronto looked great, came out with speed, seemed to just catch kind of Tampa off guard there. Uh, obviously, Toronto, Tampa kind of straightened out in game two and they've gone back and forth, but 
I thought Toronto would roll over and they haven't here. Um, they look very good. Their PK has been, their foot especially, uh, the PK has been unbelievable. But yeah, I guess we all had Tampa Bay in this series. So um, we still confident here? Uh, Not at I'm all still- for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, go for it, Chad. I was saying, I'm still pretty confident. I think today, obviously, is the big one, right? Yeah. And when a series is tied, like, whoever kind of goes up 3-2, I, I think the number is, like, 76% of the time winds up winning the series, especially with Tampa Bay going back home. Like, today's huge if Tampa Bay can take it. Um, but Toronto's impressed me. Like, flat out, like, I'm impressed with what I've seen. And more importantly, what's kind of weird to me is there hasn't been a single close game in the series. Like, the team that's come out has dominated the game, and it – Literally from the 10th minute of the game, like you knew who the winner was because it, it, it wasn't even close. The other team hadn't put up a fight and I'm with Gator. I was at the bar for game one. Tampa Bay kept getting power play after power play and somehow Toronto was out shooting them and dominating these power plays. Like they yeah. look awful game one. And that five, that five minute or the, the double minor penalty that Clifford took, I think right at the beginning one, he stood up for his teammates. He took a, he took a penalty to just kind of make a point. And they just killed it. I mean, I think there was maybe one or two shots on the whole the whole time, the length of it. Marner probably had more shots than the Tampa Bay power play did. It was definitely a statement. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I'm, like I said, I'm surprised of the mental fortitude that the Leafs have shown. Like, I thought after game two getting blown out at home, like, I thought they were just going to kind of, you know, our business as usual. Today's going to be a big one. You know, like, if they go down early – like I could see that just imploding. Like if they kind of get off to a, a cold start. Um, so really curious to see. Obviously today's a pivotal game, but so far Toronto's really impressed me. A ton of speed, um, playing really good and you know, a two-way game in the games that they have played well. Um, it's just so weird how there's just two different teams coming out every night. It's not like a one A one B. It's one team's on top clearly every night. Yeah, I think I think. Uh... This is big for Tampa. I, I think they realize just as much as, as Toronto does that if they can do this, if they can win this game tonight, they, they're going to be in the driver's seat. And I think Toronto obviously knows that as well. They, they, they could almost concede this game in Tampa just to win this game tonight. But I, I wonder if the broadcasters kept announcing or talking about Campbell's confidence in that game. Um, game four, and you wonder if if they get a goal or two early. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and they they didn't pull them when they should have. And the announcers kept saying, "Why aren't they pulling them?" And then finally, they did go Shogren. But I, I I could see a scenario if if Tampa gets a goal, especially early, maybe like the first five minutes or six minutes, it could be really bad for Toronto. I I could see Tampa coming out and jumping on them if they if they can get that early goal. So. We'll see what happens. But. Yeah, I mean, and you just know the Toronto crowd, like if that team gets off to a bad start, like that crowd's going to turn. You know what I mean? Like I could see that go really backfiring the same way. Like they can ride some good momentum if they get off to a hot start, a couple big hits, a couple big saves, maybe score a goal. Like that's it, – it, it's so huge to get off to a good start in this game. And at the end of the day, I, I think it was Betsky's that asked, like am I still confident or might have been Gator? I have Andre Vasilevsky in that, like, in a key must-win game, there's fewer – like, there's literally no other goalie. I'd rather have protecting my net. Um, so, until he gets beat, I'm absolutely going to trust him. 
Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with that. On the flip side, though, it, there's been times where Kucherov just looks absolutely frustrated and has been kind of dragging his feet on the ice, kind of not lifting the stick too. up, not giving it that hustle, and it almost seems to be bleeding down some of the lines. It, Point has really turned it on lately, and I think that's kind of helped Tampa. Stamkos has been off and on a little bit. They're, I mean, they're getting a little bit more more upfront from the the depth on the team, which has helped. But yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, we've already talked about today's going to be huge for it uh, for the whole series. It's, I mean, we could we could just share the sentiment. Every single game going on tonight is going to be huge for the entire series because they're all tied up two two. True. There's right. certain teams I feel like can bounce back from a loss more than Toronto. Yeah, I'd say this game definitely means more for Toronto tonight than Tampa Bay. I think there's some extra or, motivation. Or even here for as well. Boston. Oh, this, yeah. Or, or yeah, Boston. Well, or I mean, Minnesota. You know, like there's other, yeah. other, the other series I don't think will be as effective if, if kind of the, the home team loses. Yep. Yep. I, I, what I was going to say is, I think both these teams have a lot of, and I mean a lot of motivation seeing just how bad Florida is playing right now. Like it eventually was like, all right, shit, you know, we're going to win this round. We're going against a good Florida team. And it's like that Florida team's beatable. Like they're there for the taking if they even make it out of this round. So I think there's a lot of motivation there. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely agree with Betsky. It's like if Boston loses today, not too much of a worry, right? I think if someone like Minnesota loses today, I'm going to disagree. If Minnesota loses today, I think series over. Um, yeah, I think that, the that, one, team, that one's a little different. Home team losing game five in a tied series, like I, I think you're in really, really big trouble. What about Edmonton? I, same thing. If you're the home team and you lose game five to take 3-2 and go away from home, like you are in serious danger at this point. Mm. Like no other two ways about it. I guess we can move on to the next series then. Uh, Boston, Carolina. Game just started, underway. Both teams, Carolina won two at home. Boston came back, really off two on the road. Um, change the lines, adding Boston to that top line with Bergeron and Marchand. I, mean, I believe Marchand has the most points in the playoffs right now, um, or is tied for them. Not sure. Let me check that out. Maybe goals. I believe it's one of them. Um, so he's tied for second in points and third uh, in assists right now so i mean marshawn came into the playoffs struggling big time too especially with debrusque on that line debrusque didn't look good um but i believe we we're talking in our group chat too of just saying boston really just loaded that top line up and just kind of exposed their depth here um i don't know if that was franco or betsky here but um, it's odd you would have thought that that would have been a negative for them but it's yeah worked for them two games in a row which is crazy to think but if it works it, I mean, Boston's done this before, right? Like that perfection line, like that carried them a really long way. But it almost seemed like this year they kind of took that next step and got even better when they split it up. But now kind of must-win scenario, like that line has been awesome for them. Like it, it's part of the key of why they're coming back here. Game three, they have no Hambus Lindholm. Game four, there's no Lindholm or McAvoy. And they yeah. still find a way to take that. Like if they take game five today, uh, I think they close it out in Boston. Uh, it'll be a shock to me because I thought Carolina was going to win this series, but 
they showed up a lot and they had a lot of like adversity losing Lindholm early. Like a lot of stuff went against them and they, they showed a lot of fight here. Especially yeah, game... how Carolina dominated them the first two games. You didn't think that Boston was going to have much coming into game three. And mm-hmm. They showed up. Have we heard anything about Freddie Anderson? Because pre-playoffs, everyone was like, oh, he should be good to go for the playoffs. But there's not even like any update on him. Uh, no, I haven't heard anything new. I mean, if they're not saying anything, I don't think he's – he hasn't even hit the ice for practice yet. So Wow. Huh. I think he's a non, non-factor non this series. Yeah, game four was impressed by Boston. I, I mean, as soon as the injury reports and the, the late scratches came out, I jumped all over the Carolina money line and, poof, was I wrong. But they also – really undisciplined that game so extremely I, yeah. I don't know how much of it was game flow versus you know boston really stepping it up i mean i'm sure there's a little bit of both i kind of expected a big pushback after the win home injury anyways um but the series has been a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. It feels like the more the most prototypical round one playoff series probably out of all of them. Rance just made a huge save to keep this game tied. Um, yeah, I, I agree, Betsky, too. Um, and I think we mentioned this last week, but whoever comes out of this series, I think, has to be matching up well with Pittsburgh here. Um, See... I mean, I thought that, but, like, Pittsburgh looks <laughs> yeah. surgical right now. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, the Rangers have been pretty bad. But, like, you have to give some credit to Pittsburgh because, like, they are an experienced team that is, like, literally putting a young, inexperienced Rangers team through the ringer right now on 5 on 5 Like, they are just showing them up with little to no, like, resistance whatsoever. Who do you like better yeah. to beat Pittsburgh, Carolina, or Boston? So I'll give you a quick stat here. Uh, in five-on-five five expected goal percentage, and during the regular season, Boston was one, Carolina was three, Pittsburgh was sixth. So they can match up with Pittsburgh on the five-on-five five there. Both these, like I said, I, both these teams were my kind of favorites going into, um, let's say that next round, whoever won. So I, I'd still stick with like any one of these teams. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Penguins give me a lot to think about. Like, they look real good. and But it's tough because, like, how much of this is, like, down to, all right, the Rangers are awful 5-on-5? Five five. Or is it, like, are they actually, like, this good right now? I mean, you still have Crosby and Malkin on the same team. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah they're better at leadership. They really is. Boston's got yeah. guys who've been there and won it, too. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Nope, yeah, you know, know the you know the NHL wants that. They want Boston versus Pittsburgh. They want Marchand and Bergeron versus Crosby and Malkin. Big no, big headline. I, if yeah. the if if the NHL had a choice, they would love the Rangers to be there. I think you want the biggest market in the U.S. to be there. I think marketing focus alone. I agree. There's definitely more like better hockey stories um, to have. You know, Boston and Pittsburgh. But I, I think, like, marketing alone, like, you'd probably want the New York Rangers there just for the New York market. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right, I guess we can move on to the last series in the East. Jeds. Host Washington Capitals. 
right. They first well, off, I'll, I'll leave the floor to you. Yeah, I'll give you the floor here. Absolutely, Thomas. It's heartbreaking that they're not up three one right now because I would have cast my plus one and a half, and now I'm starting to sweat this one out. So we're gonna have to win one more at least to cash that one. I'm telling you that those Florida Panthers, that is, I just don't see a team that's built for the playoffs. Like they, to me, scream 2017, 2018 Tampa Bay Lightning, incredibly skilled team in uh, the regular season that can dominate you with your, with this pure offense, but they don't have any guy on that team that's gritty and tough and will, you know, kind of score those dirty goals. Only player in that forward core that's like that is Sam Bennett. He's the only one that's kind of like that playoff type player. The rest of them are, you know, really skilled forwards who, you know, just do a lot of like glitzy, you know, fancy plays. Like that just doesn't work in the playoffs. There's going to be a hit. What about uh, Mason, Mason Marchment too? I like, I think he's, yeah. he's kind of like that. And Hornquist to an extent. Okay. I, I think, yeah, yes. I, agree. I think, I think they're more similar to that, but like they're not. I don't, I don't know. I, they're just not like that like, gritty player. Like Marchman's a little bit of a pest, I'd say, more than he's like a tough guy. But I could see him. Like I could see that right there. But when you're like guys that you're relying on, like your skilled players just aren't like getting in there. And I don't know. I, that team to me just doesn't seem built. And on top of everything, like, I, I can't trust Sergei Bobrovsky in a playoff series. Like I, I just can't until he wins one. Like I'm not going to put my faith in him at all. Yeah. And on that point, I mean, do you really want to get too gritty against the capitals and their power play with Bobrovsky in that? <laughs> so even, even if they don't, they're not even loaded with these types of players. I don't think I want them running around and, and potentially taking kind of like statement penalties and then just popping Ovi back into his office when Pavrovsky's looking every which way in net. <laughs> Early update here. The Carolina Hurricanes have taken a one nothing lead. Jacob Slavin. Ooh, I had that for a point. Boom. Just saw it. Catch yep. that. Wait, did Ajo nice. get the assist? I needed an Ajo assist here. Hold up. Maybe a secondary? I did, I did secondary. too because I – Tailed that. Yes, yeah, Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian. Oh wait, as long as Sebastian up there and deflected, Sebastian Aho will get the secondary assist. Cash that partial for me. Oh, thank you, nice. Chads. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I tailed that. Again, that. hashtag Capper's Cup. If you want to get some. Hey, Kucherov, get to work, buddy. None of those walling <laughs> games. Yeah, Betsky, do you have the numbers from that in the first round? Because remember looking at that in the Capper's Cup, it was, and it was absurd of everyone hitting pretty much like 75% or higher. Yeah. Let me, let me try to figure out where round I, one I know towards hands. the end of the first round, it dropped off because the people behind started playing their plus two hundreds to try to get mm-hmm. back in. And I know that dropped the numbers a little bit, but when it was just everyone playing like straight one-on-one plays, like it was, I'd say like 65, 70% like return. Yeah. So Franco, who are you against in the second round? I'm up uh, against Griffey, Griffey Betts. Okay. And Chad's, what about you? I'm against uh, Lieutenant Reese Dangle. Nice. The guy hasn't missed a pick yet this entire tournament. He's literally <laughs> Yeah, he's like out. a savant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ne- neither have I right here. So, let's see Ooh. Oh, I'm, wow. sne- I'm sneaking what, through here. What's your pick tonight? I have uh, Kempe Shots. 
Okay. I'm kind of worried though. I saw it move from minus one ten to plus one ten. I don't know what the heck that's about. Well, some of the books moved them to two and a half today, like back down. So I don't <laughs> know if that's great. Yeah, that's odd. All right, let's get back on track here. Let's. Yeah. I know yeah. I, I gave my kind of spiel. Um, like I said, I'm looking pretty good, but until the the Capitals win at least one more game, I don't want to toot my own horn. But they look good. I don't think anyone really gave the Capitals a chance this series, and like they got the Panthers sweating a bit, and I think they should have absolutely um, won that game. Yeah, I think I think on the last podcast when you're when you started planting your flag for Capitals, it all of a sudden dawned on me, and I was having that PTSD of watching that flashy little dipsy doodle team just getting crushed by a proven playoff team. Um, you know, we keep on saying game five is going to be the game changer for most of these series. This is definitely one where, well, you know, even if Florida wins, Capitals may be able to get the next two. So I'm looking back at what we picked. I had Florida in five, so that ain't happening. Franco had Florida in six. Gator had Florida in five. And then Chad had Washington in six. So it still possible. It, yeah. But it, that, that game four is huge. I think that's a huge backbreaker. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough for the Capitals. They're going to have to win a game in Florida, right? There's yeah. no way around it. Like it's going to be tough for them to advance. I'm just hoping they win one more game for my sake. And I think, I think that last podcast that was kind of ultimately what I decided on was I can't bet against Florida at home game seven if it comes down to it. Yeah. Counterpoint that the Capitals are the best team away from home in the NHL. Oh, well. yeah, yeah. we had the same discussion. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Again, like this is probably the worst round one matchup Florida could have gotten. That's right. Yeah. It's interesting, though, looking back to that game four, Washington only had 16 shots on goal. I, it's kind of unbelievable. They had that lead, and it's almost like they just want to shut it down. Well, they've gotten great goaltending out of Ilya Samsonov, yeah. like out of nowhere, yeah. right? Like no one expected that. He had a, a bit of a down year by his standards, um, and he had a really, really good two games. He game was a game three. The Capitals dominated in shots, but there was a period in that uh, there was a time in that like that second period where they were getting hemmed in, like completely hemmed in, and he stood on his head. Um, but yeah, that's all. Like he's been really good, and add another layer here. Uh, you know, for the Capitals. Overall, like I said, I, I'm going to say, I think Florida will take this series now, uh, but I'll say probably in seven. Yeah. Side note, um, not sure if any of you guys have seen this, but on Money Puck, the Capitals player stats scrolled on to Ovechkin. I'll just say that. Not sure if you guys have seen that before, but I just noticed that on the games tab. Um. Me, uh, wait, I have to go to the next day preview. Are you set on the games tab? If you go to the game on Monday, May, 7th, May 9th, and click on the game between the Panthers, the 3 to 2, Capitals, and, and scroll down to see Oveshkin's stats, I just noticed that Money Puck does this. I don't even know where to find this. Uh, I mean, on the site, the the deserved oh, winning eater. If you gotcha. just, are you talking about his name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not mentioning that. We're no, gonna... no. But just a, 
if you're listening, you can find that on your own. Um, but all right, let's move on here. Um, Colorado Nashville, Colorado sweeps them. Kind of what we thought here. Gretzky and Franco had Colorado in four, so congratulations on that pick, guys. Um, maybe we thought Nashville had a chance in game four a little bit. Kind of Colorado came back. McCarr just takes over. Um, though Cheds was tweeting out his McCarr, um, like a play-by-play of McCarr. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he took over in that game and it's just, obviously, I know we talked about this before too, um, but yeah, he's also been a shots on goal machine too. Yeah. We were all talking about last night and I mean, I think we can, at least Cheddar and I are in agreement that man, McCarr is just a treat to watch. It's just in the player you see often and, we probably won't see a player of this caliber for another 20 years or so. And he's just completely redefining the position. My point was that like, I don't want to say he's the best, although I think I do like I'm, I'm up for a debate between him and Yossi, but like, I don't think there's another defenseman that like stylistically is anything like Kale McCarr. And I don't think we have seen anyone like that in the last 20, 25 years. Like, I can see similarities of explosiveness between McDavid and McKinnon. Like, there's players that are similar in their own right. Like, there's no one that plays the game like Kale McCarr, in my opinion, from the defensive position. Like, the closest one, like, he is a Connor McDavid explosive defenseman with all the fucking talent and attributes, but still still gets it done. He's still on the top line power penalty kill. He's still Uh on the top, like, there. Don't get me wrong, he has an awesome defensive partner. But, like, he's, like, one of those guys that, like, come around once in a generation. Like, man, Colorado's lucky to have him. Yep. Yeah, if only the Flyers took him that one year. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys got uh, – you guys, you guys Nolan Patrick. You got that guy, Nolan Patrick. He's, he was great. Um, that play on the, on the half wall, though, was insane. The, the guy went to go check him, and he just spins yeah. off it. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's it's got, crazy how physical he is. For he, he doesn't look like a big guy when you see him. It's crazy, man. The thing with Makar is, like, he seems fast. And then, like, when he needs to, he has, like, a next level, like a turbo yeah. boost. That, like, I only literally see, like, Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon have. Like, just that next level that, like, separates him even more. And it's it's insane to watch, like, not only those pat like that third goal where he made the crazy move along the wall, but then you had what was it? I think it was the last game as well. Like goes barred down on a shot to tie the game or take the lead, whatever it was. Like the entire thing was just an entire series. He was incredible. Like it literally, I'm not I don't have enough words to talk about. Like he is by far the MVP of that series, and he really showed up. Yeah, it's his skating is so smooth because McDavid kind of has that wind up where his legs start going real quick, like a cartoon, like legs going in a circle. But it, it really is like the difficulty on the video game. Like you pause the game and you switch the difficulty and now McCarr skates like that. It's, it's, it's like an on off switch. It's nuts. Yeah. And I growing up as a doubles fan, like I got to see like a really silky smoothing defense, a skating defenseman and Scott Niedermeyer, like similar ish player, but the, like he was smooth, like the skating wise, but he 
who's nowhere near as explosive as Kale McCarr is. Like that, it, yeah. it's literally jaw dropping watching him play. I was going to say, was... in like NHL 2004 um, with the Devils, uh, Brian Rafalski and that speed boost that he had that was just faster than anyone else on the ice. Um, that's pretty much what it reminded me of, basically, right there. I'm just playing with the Devils back in the day. Um, I so. mean, I'm just going to, I mean, this is going real back, but Brian Rafalski, what made him special is like, I've never seen a player in the NHL better at getting a shot through. Like, he literally didn't have a hard shot or anything, but his shot always made it through. That's it. Like, that was literally him. So, I don't want to go too far back. You know, we're talking playoffs here. Yeah. So, so yeah. I was looking at this morning. Um, Makar is plus 700 for Con Smythe right now. I don't know. I don't know if that intrigues any of you guys, but like you said, he was the MVP of that series. So, depends on how far they go. That seems pretty good. Who, out of curiosity, who's number one right now? I think he, he was number one on FanDuel. I think um, McKinnon was number two at like plus a thousand, but DraftKings, it was yeah. McKinnon at 600 and uh, McCarr like 700, I believe, something like that. So, I mean, he's the favorite right now, right? Like, no one's outperformed him. Yeah. And if they keep playing like this, I mean, they're going to fast track to the, to the cup, especially with how bad Calgary's looked. Out of curiosity, is that the last game for Philip Forsberg as a National Predator? Certainly that's seemed what, like that's it. That's what it looked like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, he'll get paid the big bucks. Uh, a little worried about him because he had, like, a career year shooting percentage. Like, his shooting percentage went up, like, 11, like, 7 points or something like that. Um, so that's definitely a worry for any team drafting him. Like, he had a career year this year. But, yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be um, – it's kind of last hurrah there in uh, Nashville. They'll fit right in on the Sabres. Skinner had a career year, too, shooting percentage, and Sabres <laughs> paid him eight. eight over nine what, years? Eight. Nine, yeah. Yeah, you want to get nine years? Eight over eight. So, yeah, might as well pencil him in the blue and gold right now. Um, he finally looked good this year, at least. But yeah, Yes. Was, uh, he, he looked like a maybe a $5 million player. I wouldn't say eight, but maybe like a $5 million player. Um yeah, I guess you touched on it before, but um, Calgary and Dallas. Calgary, big win, game four, even up the series here. But Dallas, I mean, has just found a way to shut down Calgary's offense. I think that was kind of what we talked about last week was the Dallas Stars are the most mediocre vanilla team you could have. And they just match up really well with this Flames team, uh, especially defensively. It, it's, you know, uh, the team that was in the cup finals, two seasons ago they got some great vets it's they're still got some depth there and they got some real playoff ready players and are getting fantastic goaltending it's kind of the little cinderella run that yeah you see almost every single stanley cup but it's i, I think it's a mix like i don't want to discredit the dallas stars like i think jake ottinger has been awesome this series like he's been uh, incredible i think a lot of it like I'm putting a lot on Calgary. Like Johnny Goudreau's been kind of known to dip down a little bit come playoff time. Mm-hmm. That top line hasn't been in the same kind of place that they were in the regular season. You know, game four, they kind of picked it back up. I think they they combined for two of the three goals that Calgary scored. Um, but that they're going to need a, a better performance from their top six. They're going to need just a better performance overall. 
I think the one thing we knew was that Dallas could play defense. Like their whole thing is like they will slow you down to a no event style game and just like try to beat you one two nothing. And they're able to do it. And I'm really curious now going back to Calgary how that works because now back in Calgary, Dallas's defensive numbers get way worse away from home. So let's see how to like you know how that changes. Um, I still think Calgary will take it now. It was similar to like that Capital Series. Like if you can leave your home ice up 3-1 I think you could steal one of those last three games but now tied 2-2 and a best of three effectively I think Calgary will come back and take it but I feel a lot less confident in my Calgary pick you know to come out the Western Conference like they did not look good whatsoever so far no I know you talked about Goudreau too he's a UFA at the end of the year um, potential offer sheet or he's not, he's not an RFA, he's a UFA. UFA yeah, he's yeah, UFA, so he doesn't even, you know, even need an offer sheet. Yeah, he's not going to even need an offer sheet, yeah. And he's already been rumored to want to go back to Philly or Jersey, right? Because he's from the area. He's from Jersey, but he's a Philly guy. Like, he's down from the yeah. port of Jersey that's, like, literally all Philadelphia people. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just talk about it. Like, Johnny Goudreau is a career point-per-game player in the regular season. Come the playoffs, 34 games played, 22 points. I gotta say he he did look good yesterday. He the I series did. overall he did not, but he was he was making plays and he was getting good opportunities last night. So if if that is what ends up being a turning point in the series, that that might be huge for them. They they need more from their second second line too. They just have yes, just, that's where it's been disappointing to to Foley yeah. man. I don't know what happened to him. He just he looks awful. He can't hit the net. He's Agreed. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what's up with him. He just. There's no confidence there. So really quickly, just wanted to uh, inter, intervene. Uh, Tony D'Angelo just scored, making it two nothing. Yeah. Carolina. Speaking speaking play. of South Philly, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, saying, "Come on down." Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, proving he's not a racist one goal at a time. Well, yeah. I, I, he was slated for a big game today, though. He was. Oh, yeah. You knew. You knew. Was having a big game today. Uh, yeah, I wish I was listening to Jack Edwards right now. Lose his mind. That guy. Sucks. Oh my god. There's no people. People are like, they don't get it. They're like, oh, he can't be that bad. No, he is that bad. In that Jack Edwards, so is awful. Worse. Jack Edwards. Dude. I'm sorry, Boston people. Jack Edwards. Like, there's homers. Obviously, you're an announcer for your team. But there is no one worse, like as a homer no, for Jack agreed. Edwards. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it I, is I can't watch him. Um, all right, yeah, let's move on to St. Louis, Minnesota. Oh, really quickly with Calgary. I mean, if they get out of this, how confident are you feeling that they can make it to the conference final? Well, they would be and, playing. I, I, I kind of think I kind of think it's it's good. I mean. Who are they going to face, Edmonton or, or L.A., right? I mean, Either if it's Edmonton, me. you, you're not worried about Edmonton if, if Edmonton not. gets out of this and their matchup uh, to no, Calgary. No, no, because – Have so you the, seen the, them this playoffs? Yeah, the, the issue has been yeah. that, that they can't score on Dallas, who's good defensively. Edmonton, while they've I, been better defensively, I, I think Calgary can go toe-to-toe with them scoring. Uh, at, at, I, at least I don't know. on paper. I Maybe not, but <laughs> – I, I don't think the, um, I don't think the Oilers have looked very good. 
not gonna lie, like this this playoffs. Um, and it's LA kind of the story of the playoffs. It's like one game they look great and one game they look terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough. I agree with uh, Frank 100. Like the Calgary Flames are a good defensive team. They can uh-huh. effectively like. I'm not going to say shut down. I don't think anyone can shut down like McDavid or the dry saddle, but they can slow them mm-hmm. down. I don't know if that Edmonton Oilers team is slowing down the Calgary Flames. Like Jake Ottinger is much better than Mike Smith. Agreed. And the, I, and the LA Kings, look, if the Kings make it out of this series, which I think is a real possibility at this point, dude, what is going on with Edmonton? Like, don't get me wrong. I picked the Kings. So I, I love this. I love that they're doing well here. But without Drew Doughty, like, this should not be a series whatsoever. No, and I agree. I agree. I don't know. There's worrying signs. Like, that last game, game four, like, the Kings just completely shut them down and had them play their game, and it, it was dominant. Yep. After the 8-2 loss, I thought Edmonton was just going to ride it out and then get the next – too but sure enough kings went into full i was gonna say let's save that for last because i know we wanted to go into minnesota st louis okay yeah i mean we even talked about this too quick note too i know um the kings dominated the oilers in that last game but mike smith still had a plus 2.09 dsax in that game despite um allowing three so i i don't think he's necessarily the issue um, in this series for Tampa Bay as well. But, yeah. All right, I don't, I I, I'm not sorry. I'm not saying he's an issue. I don't think he's going to play as well as Jake Ottinger's playing right now for this. No, no, no. I, w- I would back that's that my, up. That's my whole point. Yeah, and you would think Calgary would have a better finishing ability than the Kings do. The Kings are notoriously high shooting and low scoring percentage teams. So. Not to mention, they're still without Victor Arvidsson. Basically, yeah. they're like – best goal scorer I think or their best shooter sniper whatever you want to call them um, so there's another big loss for them yeah all right let's move on to the last series um, St. Louis Minnesota all tied up at two apiece as well they'll play tonight at 9 30 in uh, Minnesota kind of what we expected right I mean pretty tight series I don't think anyone really expected a blowout here um, back and forth but yeah, I mean, pretty much what we had, we all pretty much had St. Louis and six or seven, and then I had Minnesota and seven here. So kind of right on pace here. I have no idea what to think of this series. Like, <laughs> I told you it was a coin flip when we started, and it's just like, I want the Blues to win. I still like the Blues, but like, I can't say with full confidence that the Blues win this series. I can't say with confidence that the Wild win this series. Like, this series has been the most back-and-forth one. Uh, I I don't, know, I don't know if it's been more back-and-forth than Toronto-Tampa. But it, it's right I, there. I have no clue. Like, it's right there. I, I mean, have it's... no clue. I think... it's, it's interesting that, I mean, St. Louis has now kind of switched to Bennington, right? So Bennington's played game three. Um or game four looked great. Now it's going to start for game five. But what's Talbot's deal? Is they just not I, playing? I was going to bring it up. I think Cam Talbot should should have been starting this series from the get go. That yeah, uh, I prefer Cam Talbot 
credit to Marc-Andre Fleury. His stats are better this year. He was just an overall better goalie this year. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Like, I would want Camp Talbot starting this game. See, teams like they're kind of just putting their reliance on Fleury. Fleury's never won in the playoffs. It's not like he's – actually, yes, he has. What am I saying? He clearly won in those Pens teams. Never mind. I'm stupid. I think they feel hamstrung by making that trade, right? They they yeah. hate to get him, and they brought him here for this reason. You know, they, they didn't have that goaltending last year. So, they're almost saying, prove it, guy. And Yep. Stubborn. I bought it. the car. Yeah. Now I got to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the problem is here is, like, again, similar to the other teams, like, they lose today and go back to St. Louis – what are you going to put in a cold Cam Talbot in a must-win elimination game? Who hasn't played in, what, 15 days at this point? Like, that seems like suicide for the series. So now, like, at this point, all your eggs are in this basket. And Flurry's been okay this series. Like, I don't think he's at any of his games have been particularly bad. And none of them have been particularly good. So I just don't know what to think at this point. Yeah, I, get, I think at this point you just – don't rely on gold to get you out of the series either team really i mean it's it's just been the team that's getting some bounces the team that's just got the hot stick it's it's really been one of the most back and forth series i've i've seen in a long time i mean it, again most most of the matches this this year have been like that it's been really strange but it's, I wanted to highlight, like, it's been another Toronto-Tampa Bay. None of the games have been close. No. Every single yeah. game has had a clear winner from the get, and that's it. Like, these games aren't close whatsoever. Uh, and it's, yep. it's so weird to me. Yep. Those two series are so similar in so many ways. And then the Calgary-Dallas and Florida-Washington series of – and I don't get me wrong. I think Calgary is going to be just fine, but just like the one team that they had to draw in the first round is the team that can just kind of play them tough and play them the way they don't want to play. <laughs> it's strange. It's, it's been a weird round one. It's, it's tough. Cause there's just some series like skill will only take you so far. You know, I think skill can only get you so far in the playoffs. Um, but when you're matched up against another skilled team, that's when we're having these like crazy series. Yeah. But when you have any type of team that's like can defend, and I'm not saying Tampa Bay or these teams can't, but Tampa Bay is definitely another one of the teams that they're very, very talented. You just get these series where like if your team's on, you're winning your game. But when they're off, like they're not. Like it's so. It's so, so weird, and it kind of, like, leads me to believe that, like, if Florida makes out of this series, like, they might actually have a chance against these teams because they're just yeah. going up against another skilled lineup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I will say St. Louis um, moved Cairo up the last game, and he just changed that game yeah, almost single-handedly. So that was, that was almost their ace in the hole. I wonder what Minnesota counters with tonight, but – I could, I 
my bold prediction this night is either Tampa Bay or St. Louis is going to win tonight. I think that's going to be one of the two road teams that that play spoiler tonight. Because I, obviously, I point, Carolina looks good, but yeah, I I think one of them can get done. I b- both could. I I could see it, but I like what yeah, I saw okay. from the St. Louis that last game. Personally, I have both of them, but it's not like this is any type of high confidence here. You know what I mean? Like I could see either one of these guys, um, you know, losing today, and it, it wouldn't shock me, right? It's just like whatever team comes out, but I'm willing to wager that game five must win, like both. Like, we're not going to have a blowout either way, I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You, you're so used to – we're so trained to think that playoff games are always going to go to overtime and yeah. come down to that late goal where it's, you know, 2-2 too, too late and somebody nets one or it just goes to OT. And it, it feels like none of these games have been like that all, all – But I forget who shared it. Like, this year in the playoffs, there's, one, not been many overtime games – and only two, two right not been any there hasn't been any close games at all like almost every game is like one by two or more like we're not getting close games whatsoever. yeah i think it's like it's five really, total really five total games that haven't covered the puck line which wow. is just unbelievable so the, the the um idea that was brought up was that you're losing money by yeah. betting on a money line for a team it's <laughs> crazy but so then, all right. Is there anything else that we wanted to touch on uh, a little bit in here, or are we breaking down any trades here about our uh, about our bandwagon teams? Oh, true. Yeah, I'm going to hang on to mine. I love yeah. mine. Yeah. All right. So just to recap, Cheds has Canes, the Blues, the Penguins, and the Kings. Betsky has the Avs, Oilers, Leafs, and Caps. Franco has the Flames, uh, Panthers, Wild, and Nashville. And then I have the Lightning, Rangers, Bruins, and Dallas. Out of all the four of those, I'd say I'm kind of fucked. I mean, yeah, I'd say I, I'll put it like that. I mean, there, there's no way here. I mean, I, I wanna, I'm trying to unload the Rangers, the Bruins. I mean, Dallas is just – Dallas is Dallas, so I got to hold on to them. Um, and I don't mind them, but – you yeah, that's the craziest part. I think I think Dallas might be the best looking team out of all yours. Your, your fourth say. round pick. <laughs> yeah. If if Boston would if Boston would have win, wins game five, I'd I'd like that a lot. But um I still face the Tampa Bay good, and Rangers are already gone, so I there that's a lost cause there. But um Franco, any interest in trading Calgary? I not like like I said. I I really think if they get out of the series, which now it looks a little bit more like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I I think they match up well against Edmonton and the Kings, and obviously Colorado is Colorado, and that's going to be a fear. But I Real I just really I just really like their defense. I just saw Tampa scored. Uh, and more importantly, Capra Cup, we're going two and zero because Nikita Kucherov will be getting. A Beautiful. secondary assist. On wow. That How about well. that early cash right there? Yeah. Impressive. That might be the first time this entire Capra Cup that I haven't had sweat for play. So <laughs> first period, first period parlay cash. That's impressive. Let me tweet that out. Well, yeah. now, now I may be interested in trading Toronto for Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Got the, I, wait, I got the Hurricanes right now. Anyone? Anyone? I I'll give you Dallas. What? Yeah, I'll give me Dallas thousand dollars. Throw in Dallas, Boston, and Venmo. New York for Hurricanes at this point. But no. You know, I would I would do Toronto if you want to make sure you get whoever wins the series. No, I think I'm saying but um I've Toronto dug my grave. I've dug I've dug my grave. I'm gonna land it now. I mean Tampa that. might be your best shot though. I mean if I they, think I think Tampa lose. Tampa's the only piece I can move here out of these three teams. So I'm gonna stay put. Um but yeah, any trades on your ends, or are we all set um, to wrap it up? I mean, I think it's going to be a an, uh, not busy trade deadline here. A little disappointing, <laughs> can't lie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, all right, so you guys want to plug your socials one more time. Um, we'll obviously be back next week kind of recapping round one, breaking down your – Second round matchups should be a little more exciting. Um, going to be a crazy few days kind of as we wrap up this first round. Um, really no indication as most of these series are tied to two. So, um, but yeah, Jed, do you want to plug your socials and everything or? Yeah, well, one, two, nothing Tampa Bay, Victor Hedman on the power play. Um, so nice. they have now started to break that game open. Uh, there you go. It's uh, all over now, right? Is that how yeah. it works? Uh, but I, like I said, like no, I can tell, like this can score six in a row. <laughs> no, because like I think here now you're looking like not only did you get off to a bad start, but now you have the crowd against you. Jack Campbell has given yeah. up two goals on three shots. Yeah, like his confidence is clearly like like going down now. Like this is now where if this crowd turns on you and Tampa Bay turns it up, like you're gonna be going to a game six in Tampa Bay down three two, and it's like this is. This is why I said Toronto had to get off to a good start. And with a with a goalie controversy too. If if Campbell gets pulled here, if they, they if they give up another goal in this first period, he could get pulled in this first period right now. Which is insane uh, to think about. Are you starting Eric Palgren in Game Six in his first career playoff start cold? Like that's such a tough. Like how can you make that decision and like you know effectively put a rookie in a must-win, do-or-die situation for your, like, your team's hopes. Yeah. Sorry, tough. I know we were supposed to sign off. It's um, <laughs> starting at top tenor picks. Um, I actually, I, I mean, I did think of another really good idea here that we can talk about, but we'll, we'll save the time uh, for it, and we can break it down for the next one because I think it's more like off-season talk uh, for Toronto if they do lose. All right, perfect. Yeah, Besky's. Uh, Franco, you guys want to plug your social some more time and then Besky, the Capper Cup as well. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm Gretzky Betsky's. So Gretzky, like Wayne Gretzky, Betsky's, like Wayne Gretzky bets, um, uh, twitter.com. And then we organized a big Capper playoff bracket where Cappers are going head to head. All four of us are involved. If you want to kind of keep track of the picks, you could just follow the hashtag Capper Cup. And I am Franco the Banker on Twitter. And thanks for having me on again, guys. This has been a fun playoffs and can't wait to watch the rest of these games tonight. Yeah, go of Tampa. course. Go Tampa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go Tampa. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week, um, probably earlier in the week as well to kind of break down 
wrap up the first round series and talk some second round matchups. But for another episode of Expected Best Four, thanks all for listening.